difficult. You know a dream is like a river, ever changing as it flows. And a dreamer's just a vessel that must follow where it goes. Trying to learn from what's behind and never knowing what's in store makes each day a constant battle just to stay between the show. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. I am Maxwell Ivy, known around the world as the blind blogger. And this is another episode of What's Your Excuse? Uh, where I will help you overcome the excuses that are holding you back from accomplishing your goals and dreams by interviewing people who have overcome adversity or thrived in spite of difficult life circumstances, uh, people who have struck out on their own and started their own businesses, coaches with real-world tested advice that will help you accomplish your goals, and people who I just personally find interesting and inspiring. You can find me at theblindblogger.net. You can also say, Alexa, at, um, play What's Your Excuse? Or you can say, Google, ask for What's Your Excuse? And again, theblindblogger.net. And if you want somebody to get you booked on podcasts and radio shows, that is the primary thing I do. I've been doing it for myself, for friends, and for clients for over seven years. And I will help you get the bookings as well as promote your appearances. Uh, I also want you to visit my sponsor if, if, if possible. His name is Chip Edwards. He's at createmyvoice.com. Um, his thing is he will help you with your voice branding strategy so that you can maximize uh, the wireless speakers like Alexa and Google. Um, because if you don't claim your invocation names or the names you want people to know you by on those devices, somebody else can and will, and they will be able to control the content people receive instead of you. Uh, this is kind of like websites. Once a name is gone, it's gone, and there's no way to get it back. But beyond that, Chip will help you with creating an overall branding strategy, implementing the voice speakers. And you can also find him at createmyvoice.com. All right, now today we're welcoming a very interesting guest to the podcast. His, uh, his name is Craig, and for right this second, his last name escapes me, but that's the wonders of recording live. Um, he is the author of a, of, of a book called Better Days. It's been translated into 10 languages. He's, he's spoken all over the world, traveled the world, giving workshops, um, helping people to uh, to overcome their issues and live a better, happier, healthier life. He's currently living in Mexico and very happy with, with his situation now. And I should remind you, when I say Mexico, keep that in mind because we're going to do our best to ignore the surrounding noises and sounds, and hopefully you will focus on the content. Just zone in on me and Craig and listen to his amazing story, and uh, hopefully – you will be even more inspired than usual. And by the time we're through, you'll be saying, man, if he can do it, then what the hell is my excuse? So Craig, thank you for coming on and welcome to What's Your Excuse? Thank you so much, Max. It's an awesome, beautiful privilege to be here with you. Well, it's uh, my blessing as well. And I'm glad that our schedules finally came together or the, uh, the planets aligned or whatever, so we could finally have a conversation. 
Uh, really been looking forward to talking to you again because I don't usually do this with guests, but you know, we had a nice uh, pre-interview, let's call it. And I'm telling you, uh, I was just totally blown away by all the stuff that you have been through in your life, uh, you know, in you know, your whole life. But, you know, the last four or five years, I think would have broken most people. And I'd love for you to tell the audience about it. And then we, maybe we could transition from that to some of the techniques you use to continue to overcome these obstacles. I thank you so much for this opportunity to share. Yeah. Uh, and yes, you're correct. There's a bit of noise here and you can do nothing about it. So I also thank <laughs> all the listeners out there for your patience and understanding. It's actually a blessing to be here with the noise included. So I thank you from my heart. Yeah. The past five years, four years of my life have been absolutely wild. Every day when I wake up, I have to go through a process of being okay with myself. And here's why. 15, after 28 years of being on 40 different types of psychi psychiatric medications, I stopped with the guidance and support of doctors who deemed me inappropriately treated for conditions I didn't have going back to when I was 14 years old, and I'll be 46 in May. The process of getting off that medication was brutal. I experienced horrific withdrawal. I was left with neurological damage. It hurt me. I went into a sauna for the first time in the fall of 2015 while I was attending a conference called the European Conference on Mental Health in Riga, Latvia, my first time going to Europe. And at that sauna, unbeknownst to me, after about 10 minutes, well, what that happened was the heat released compounded neurotoxins from my fat cells, in effect, poisoning myself. So I spent majority of my life on these medications that I should not have been on, which is a whole nother horrific story. But thank the heavens I was able to get off and the doctors were in support of it and they removed the diagnosis from my file, just also pretty unheard of. And uh, then I pursued my life dreams Ended up in a sauna while I'm working in Europe, and I poisoned myself. I started developing tics, slurring my words. Life entered a state of chaos. I was having a serious issue in the professional world due to, I'll just call it what it is, my integrity was, well, let's just say it what it is. My integrity was real, and not everyone else's was. So I got in a big sort of a calamity, for, for lack of a better word, a big sort of a disaster, at the same time when I'm going off of these psychiatric medications, at the same time that I'm going to Europe for the first time to try to make something of myself, like legit, right? At the yeah. same time, that I, which is what I developed from poisoning myself in a sauna. So that right there, is 2015 and from there everything kind of devolved badly and i for lack of a better way to describe it i lost everything 
I spent a year and a half homeless. I was never able to get proper treatment for my neurological challenges. I've not taken a psychiatric medication in now five years. Today is what, May 2nd? So five years and two days. And I spent a great portion of the past four years traveling around the world trying to find myself because I collapsed as a human being. My history was a fraud. But the reality is that everyone who knew me knew me in reality. So the person they knew was the person they were meeting with and the experiences they had with me were the real legitimate experiences they had with me, except it wasn't me. How could you know somebody? You and I know each other right now, Max. If you yeah. knew the guy for all those years and you were so different, and if it was different because of something you cannot see, and it was, he was different because of the drugs that he was taking for conditions he didn't have, which is how they protected them as a child, my parents, etc., from the things that were happening to me as a child. So for 28 years, I was drugged, got off the drugs, working in mental health, have a problem at work, go to Europe to try to build my new life, poison myself as part of me trying to heal from what happened to me, devolved. My life crashed. My friends that I had are mostly gone. My parents told me that if I continued to talk about what happened to me as a child, then I'd no longer have a family, and so I was disowned. You can hear in the background the bangs. That's part of what happens when you live in a mountain town in Mexico. You hear a lot of noise. But ultimately, in the past five years, the chaos, the destruction, the loss, the abuse, the trauma, the pain, the suffering, the isolation, learning, growing, believing, learning how to love myself, learning how to love others, because you know you can't love this, you can't love others if you don't know how to love yourself. You don't know what love is for yourself. How can you be with someone else? I learned the hard way. And here I am. Uh, my one-year anniversary of living in Mexico is, well, it's like, and this house is in a couple of days. I live in a mountain town in the middle of a pandemic. The town is closed off by armed soldiers because if people try to come here uh, and bring viruses and whatnot, because that's what happens when you don't take good care of yourselves and your communities, the townspeople will protect the town from those people. So the, the government knows to protect the town from the townspeople, if the, if the people who are tourists come without respecting like social distancing laws or, or guidelines. So there's soldiers at the edge of the town preventing anyone from coming here. So I live currently, I'll be in my home for one year and two days, in a couple of days from now, from now, in a town where I barely speak Spanish, where I am what we call a guero, which is basically means um, all white guy. It's not gringo, which kind of has a not very nice connotation. I'm not a tourista. I'm their white guy. So I live in this town that's in the crater of a, of a long extinct or ancient super volcano. And I just live in the best way I can, try to build a better life for myself. I try to do more prayer. I try to live in peace. I try to like take care of my flowers. 
I feed the stray dogs. I'm learning some Spanish. I don't have a calendar. I usually don't know what date is. <laughs> but here okay, we are. So yes, yeah, here yeah. we are. So now, all right. Now, yeah. um, when was it in the? When was it at the point that um, you were telling me before that you decided to just uh, go off to go off to Europe and uh, and at at that time I don't think you, was that before you were homeless or no. part of being homeless or why don't you tell a little bit about that because I I personally think it's 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 would be most people's definition of crazy to have been at a dark place and then decide. I'm going to get on a plane and go to Europe and backpack around the country. Uh, uh, for the record, uh, I'm smiling like uh, ear to ear right now. Um, uh, end of January 2018, I knew I wasn't going to have a place to live as of February 1st. I said goodbye to my cat forever. And because I could have moved into a homeless shelter and lost my cat, or I could have pursued the unknown and take a leap of faith and lose my cat. So in honor of Max the Cat, and in honor of all the things that matter in this world, I bought a one-way ticket to Paris, I swear to God, to Paris, France, right? And um, I organized some workshops with uh, my book, uh, Better Days, in French is called Un Jour Nouveau something like this, in Paris, and then I had one in Belgium, and then that's what I did. Uh, I landed in Paris. Two days later, we had the workshop uh, with the French translator who translated the book into French, right? The Better Days workbook into French. And uh, I had a tour guide, and then <laughs> I moved in with her. Uh, she's a friend of mine to this day, and it's uh, an awesome person. And I, then I moved out, and I stayed. I squatted in a building with African migrants for a month who are refugees. I traveled around Europe. I went to Ukraine, gave job presentations. I did whatever I had to do. I went to Germany, Poland, Netherlands, Czech Republic, I, Kosovo, you know, I, Bulgaria. I had to find my way, and I wasn't going to find it in the United States. It was no home for me to return to, no family who wanted me or loved me. My cat was gone. I had nothing. My business was in shambles. My health was a mess. And I just decided I was worth it and that I could do it. And I did. And what I found out was that when you're around people who don't speak English or they don't have the time to Google or like translate stuff and do all this nonsense, then they just know you for how the, you make them feel. They know you how, how your heart feels, how, how your energy feels. Oh, I'm enjoying uh, sitting with Craig. He's nice. Or I feel like safe or warm or spiritually comfortable. And that kind of stuff doesn't require speaking the same language or being fluent in one language. And I realized something. This is how I became me, Max. This is how I kind of like I took this leap of faith, and what I found out was that when people didn't know about my history or couldn't understand it, or who knows, they just knew me, and I made them feel good, and, they, and we could just connect, and that's what happened, and then I became me.
and I was accepted and loved and embraced, I realized that my, if you want to call it quote unquote problem, is in the United States. And with English speakers, put me somewhere else, those problems, quote unquote problems, didn't exist. That was the beginning right. of how I became me. Right. Now, Truth. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask you a question here in a minute, but first, um, remind me the... Remind me where you, what your website is, because for some reason it's escaping me this morning. I don't really have a functioning website. Okay, um, where do people find you online? Because I know you're um, you're impossible, you're surviving impossible on Twitter. At least I'm pretty sure that's where where you're at on Twitter. Um, Something like that. Um, yeah, uh, as you just heard my story, I've had a remarkably challenging experience holding things together. So as websites. I mean, look, I sell apart in every possible way a person can fall apart. So the best thing I can do right now for you guys, and you can definitely follow up with me on this, is to email me. Email me. And you can call me in WhatsApp. I can give you that information in a second. But also, soon enough, I'll send Max links that you can also check out that I just can't share right now verbally. But we'll make sure you have access to that. All right. Well, that's, that's cool. That's cool. Yes. Yeah. I, I, I do think that that, that name is, is, uh, is, a, is very, is a, you know, it's very apt. It's very cool. I'm surprised it wasn't already taken, but, uh, you know, your story definitely does, uh, live up to surviving the impossible side, but I got to go back here to, to, to two things and I'm hoping I remember the second one. You said that, um, being put in a different place where they didn't speak English, that, uh, the problem isn't you. The problem is the people who speak English who can and talk to you. I'm just wondering if the language barrier allowed you to basically put the first 40 years of Craig in the past because a lot of people, they can't get past those, those past mistakes, those past hurts to – you know, one of the reasons why so many people fail at losing weight is because they can't see themselves as a different person. It sounds to me like that um, around people who didn't have the benefit of the English language, that they saw you as a different person and that allowed you to see yourself as a different person. Yeah, I mean, pretty much correct. I don't know what they were thinking but I know their actions and their warmth toward me and their acceptance of me spoke volumes. I've been blessed. You know, I, I believed in something and I wasn't going to let what happened to me keep me from it. And it was hard. But I'll tell you something. People are great everywhere in the world. And people don't really care about things like countries and borders and religion and race and all these things people care about people yeah there's problems everywhere people there's people everywhere who aren't nice at all countries but most people just want to feel good and feel respected and and feel cared about and feel safe and secure and that's something that can be conveyed without sharing the same language and when you realize the uh, immense amount of power that you have within yourself to manifest and to create when you're in a new place that's that's for you is like untouched it's not it has any toxicity for your life nothing about it 
it's yours to, to embrace and create it and to contribute in. That's magic. That creates magic. And all humans can do that, pretty much. But I just had to prove that could be done, and I did. So I, right. I guess I'm in a good spot. Yeah, I learned yeah. a lot. <laughs> yeah. It also sounds like you and my dad understood something. And that was um, back when we had, back when we, we operated Traveling Carnival, a lot of times we had to overcome some very severe difficulties to get to the next week. And people would ask him, how did y'all do that? And my dad would always say, what? Did we have a choice? So it sounds to me like you've learned the power of not, of, of not giving yourself a choice. Well, I mean, well, I, I, when, I, when, I, when, I, when I, people ask me, like, how did you do all this? I said, well, I didn't have a choice. Brother. There you go. Yes, exactly. Yeah. I, I had a choice. I could die. I could go stop eating. I could just walk. I could, I could get rid of myself. That is a choice. But is that a choice I want to take? Thought about it. Sometimes a lot. But I had a much better option. That was the unknown. Yeah, and for my friends out there who, and for my friends out there who think I'm crazy when I leave Houston to go to another city, from now on I'm just going to mention Craig, and that's going to be my answer to everybody who says, um, "Are you sure? Why do you really need to go there?" Yeah, that's from now on. My answer is just going to be Craig. That's going to be my answer from now on. So I appreciate listen, that. You, you make me look sane. Thank you. Oh, um, listen, listen. You, you, you're in Houston. So yeah. From, from McAllen, Texas. You're not so far from McAllen. You're, a bu you're an eight-hour bus ride away, perhaps, or six hours. Anytime well, it, you it would be if you could go straight there. It's more like about a 16-hour bus ride by Greyhound. Well, <laughs> well, maybe there's a way to figure it out. Either way, I'm telling you right now, my friend, you get yourself to the Reynosa Airport across the border, you can hop on a plane, get to Mexico City for like 60 bucks, I'll get you picked up, take you to my house two hours later. And that is crazy. And you know what? It's totally doable and you'll be fine. So that's on the table. We're talking about crazy things right there. Well, I, mm -hmm. well, I, well, I appreciate that. And I will definitely keep that in my back pocket because <laughs> um, ever since my last book, there have been people online who have, who have uh, I find that I'm kind of polarizing, but in a kind of a polite way. There, people seem to either root for me to go on the next adventure and want to know where it's going to be to and when, and the other half seem to cringe and go, why can't you just stay at the house? So, um, but I'll definitely keep that in mind because uh, the world tour is definitely in my, in my future, and I really want to take the podcast out on the road. I want to go visit some people and, you know, get some video of them living their lives and, and yeah. uh, hopefully make an even bigger impact on my audience. So. Uh, absolutely yeah, you're but, awesome well i appreciate okay. that i appreciate it. now let's well let's get back to this first workshop you arrive in paris fresh <laughs> off the plane not speaking any french you i don't know how you acquired a translator i'm sure that they're they're kind of easy to find in, in paris within two days i think you said you were putting on your first workshop so kind of talk us through the maybe a little bit of the nuts and bolts of how did you make that happen in three days? Cause I know people can't make it happen in three months. And in fact, I'm one of those people. Okay. okay. Just, just so everyone can understand here. I, I had set it up in advance. I, I knew I was losing my home. 
Okay. And uh, I just, I, yeah, yeah. So I, I, this is planned. I had it set up. Um, that's just a fact. Uh, <laughs> but that would be amazing if I was just like, I don't speak French. And two days later, there's 60 people. <laughs> like, what the heck? That would be something. But either way, um, I connected with a university in Paris, uh, uh, a researcher, a woman who was pretty well known throughout Europe. And uh, she organized it. And she was involved with helping uh, develop, you know, the, where the uh, peer support. Like she was involved with helping develop peer support programming or, or, or workers in France. And I had a, the guy who translated the book, he's also a person with good experience. He's from about an hour north of uh, mm, Paris in a town called Compiègne, kind of near where uh, uh, Napoleon Garden was. We actually went to Napoleon's Garden for a visit. Um, uh, Versailles? Mm, I actually can't. I made, if that's the case, then yes. I don't remember the name of the town, but that's possible. Okay. All right. I'll um, right. Let's just go with it. Versailles. <laughs> I like Why that. Why not? Yeah. I'm liking you more and more the longer I talk to you. Go for it. So, <laughs> so he's, so he's, uh, he's from Versailles. And, and, um, Why and, not? And, yeah, continue the story. And uh, well, we, I, I was staying at the home of the woman from the university, and um, the next morning, I arrived maybe 11 o'clock at night, uh, flying all the way, and the next morning, there's a knock on the door, and I didn't hear a knock, ringing. I answer the door, and it's a woman who works with the researcher, who's also a person with lived experience, like me, with mental health challenges, trauma, etc. And she didn't speak much English, which is normal in France. Yeah. So I finally got up, and we went out. We had the whole day walking around doing stuff. She took me to the – I don't even remember exactly. Like, I think the workshop was the following day. But by the, by the last uh, – by, by about 9 o'clock at night, the first time we hung out, she says to me, and I know you can't see, but like she put her hand, her, her head in her hand. She's like, never shut up. <laughs> like, I was like, yeah, that sounds about right. That sounds about right. That sounds like me. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. The next 60 people there, it was, it was great. It was actually, someone does a recording of it. I can see if I can find it. Um, then we had dinner after, and a great, I had actually have some recordings of workshops in other languages from around cool. the world. Uh, cool. and, and then we had dinner, and then I went back to the house I was staying at. The next day, we had this opportunity to go give a presentation at a uh, okay. Well, I didn't like the place because it was the people there were drugged so much they could hardly function, and the staff members didn't under. It was like a hospital day center. The people who work there didn't even understand. Like, I mean, they understood my English a little bit, but with the translations, they couldn't make sense of the fact that I wasn't taking medication, yet I had these, like, fire diagnosed. They couldn't – it was a really hard thing to try to get them to understand because in France, they have this, like, regime of, like, forced psychiatry, and it's very, very difficult for anyone to break through that. It's a very hard place to be, but I digress. Right. Later, we went out for pizza, me and the, my tour guide. <laughs> and I, I want to I wanna respect her honor because she's a wonderful friend of mine. Um, but it's also true. Uh, we went out for food, and I don't drink, but I had a soda. We had pizza. And I, 
I was like, you want to sit right now? You want to sit next to me? And then I made a really good friend, and uh, I stayed in Paris for a month, and I lived, and I lived in another place of Paris. Okay. And, yeah, and now we're working on projects, like even today. So I made a great friend. I was connected. I understand a little bit about me. And yeah, that was the beginning. I've been back to France, I think, five Yeah. Yeah. So, how, all right. So, we, we now know that you planned these workshops before you left, but um, your plan didn't include hotels or taxis, your plan actually included staying with the people that you would be working with. Am I following that correctly? I'd say my plan included believing that everything works out and that it was going to be okay. And that's more, that's more accurately the, what I would tell you. I, I, <laughs> I didn't have money for hotels and crap like that. No, I've stayed in some places that weren't so, so fun, but I'm alive. Yeah. You know, I'll tell you, I'll tell you, I made a great friend in Milan, Italy, because I, this is during the same time period. I arrived to Milan at like three o'clock in the afternoon after flying all night from the United States. I had nowhere to stay. I didn't speak Italian, had very little money. I was just going to sleep outside until I figured it out. In Italy that was set up, I initially had nowhere to go. What ended up, ended up happening is that I finally met me in a different city in Italy. I was like, what am I going to do? They gave me a phone number of someone else. I called them. I went to where they lived. It was a big squad that they don't pay for. It's, like, it's called squatting. So a lot of houses that are abandoned, people take over and live in. But I went to their house. Turns out the next day they had a concert with bands and and, and food. And so I slept in a room by myself, didn't speak Italian, freaked out. The next day, <laughs> I wake up in the morning. There's a woman sleeping outside on the bench. And I was like, good morning. Turns out I talked to her. I had written to her a couple years earlier because she lived in the Netherlands to organize some sort of speaking event for me there, but it never happened. We had a great day. Her band played that night. We all ended up sleeping in this room with broken windows. And I was having a lot of nightmares, right? Because I, I had a lot of nightmares at that time. And I was so freaked out. And I was like, you know, just living. And I asked her, or she asked me, like, do you want me to hold your hand? And so I said, yes. So I went to sleep. It was like in a room with like bugs flying around and, and mosquitoes and stuff. And holding a woman's hand, I just met. And then we then... She and her friends, we traveled for three or four days and all over Italy and went to different places and went to other concerts. And I made a best friend simply because I woke up in a place I didn't plan to be in with no plan. Then they had a concert. Then I met her sleeping at, well, I'll get the timeline screwed up. Then I made a friend that was nervous. And she, turns out she had lived experience with trauma. So she understood that when I was like, yeah, I'm freaking done having nightmares. I'll hold your hand. I talk to her all the time now as well. She's actually currently in Spain. That's my life. It works out because people who, who believe that something bigger than themselves, 
who believe in some sort of miracle, some sort of magic that if you survived all you've been through, and you're going to be okay. And that is the answer to how that all worked for me, with or without a plan. Right, right. Okay. Uh, all, right, pe- all right, people. We're, I'm having a great conversation with Craig. He's, uh, his, new, his next book is going to be called Surviving the Impossible. Yeah, something, and like you can, something like that. Yeah, well, you know, you have to have a title uh, until you until you know what the title is. So, um, and you can you can find me always at theblindblogger.net. So, uh, it sounds to me like what you're talking about here is a very ingrained, uh, maybe even soul deep understanding of a principle called the law of attraction. And I'm just wondering if you could talk a little bit about that, what, uh, whether or not that's how you see it. And, you know, where you came by this, uh, this understanding, considering how traumatic a lot of your life had been up to this point. Beautiful question. Thank you. When I went off medication in this Sunday, well, April 30th, the last day, 2015, I was attracting all sorts of people into my life, and uh, I attracted someone into my life by some sort of magical, mystical, spiritual means. And they came to my life, right? And it was really hard because I was a really raw uh, person. I was really not okay for a lot of reasons. Well, I knew nothing about this thing called the law of attraction, I knew nothing about my power. In fact, I wasn't aware of my power, like my inner ability to create, to, 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 to manifest. I knew nothing. I mean, I had the raw ability, but I had no intellectual. I mean, I was spent most of my life drugged. I was like a 15-year-old boy. My, my Everything was stopped and then started again. I wasn't able to be the mature man I, 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 I more so am now. So I acted very badly, or I acted like my behavior was not good. Like, I didn't know how to control myself. I didn't know how to control my emotions. I talked about things. I don't want to say the word. I'll spell it. I talked about a lot of things that were N-E-G-A-T-I-V-E. About all the hardship, all the pain, all the abuse. And, like, I was stuck on it. And and sometimes I still am because, well, I'm a survivor. It's going to happen. I work every day to be okay. It's going to happen. It's okay. But this person who came to my life, could not tolerate any of that. I thought, I thought she was a little bit crazy. <laughs> uh, it's okay, and, and, we, and, we, and that's that's fine because what she taught me. It's true. I say that with the deepest like affection, and, and it's it's an endearment for sure. Uh, I realized that if I ever wanted to have anything in this world, I had to learn how to like speak with my heart and not with my mouth so much. You know, there's things that <laughs> I still get myself in trouble with. with and I realized. Just like how I go to Europe and places where I don't speak the language, how do you get how do you get what you need when you don't have the money, or or there's obstacles, right? You know a little exactly. bit what I'm saying. There. I had to exactly. create it with some other sort of way, man. Law of attraction. I learned it the hard way. It's it's still a a learning lesson. I'm not. No one's an expert at this. Everyone's going to screw up if you do it, but you can always do your best. The more you try to like speak with your heart, the more you'll be understood for your heart. Even if you have a hard day and really the people out there who really are at the point in this time in life to get that. And there's a lot of us, we find each other. 
they have a willingness to work through those hard moments because they're able to see through that. They're able to see through it and see the beauty. And that's how the law of attraction can really work, even when we're people who have had real challenges, like I have. Because the person on the inside is beautiful, even if how they act sometimes isn't. And how do you make that more closely the same? And that's something I had to work really hard on and focusing on all that I can create and manifest by doing that. And then seeing the rewards. I mean, the rewards are great. And they're getting better. And so that is the evidence that when you choose to give to the universe, you welcome it, you embrace it, more will come to you that you need to be able to be happy, successful, and well. I'm living proof of it. Um, and still in the area of law of attraction, um, do you believe that there is a certain um, community or kinship among people who have suffered trauma similar to yours? Because it sounds like a lot of the people you've attracted into your life have some, uh, some pretty dark stories of their own, and it may be by helping you, they're helping themselves. I just, laughing. Um, <laughs> the people I trust the most in this world are also the people I love the most in this world are also the people I forgive the most in this world. And they're the people just like me because we need each other. I'm not normal. <laughs> I'm far out, not normal. And it's great. I love who I am. I'm flawed. I'm imperfect. There's a lot of people out there who have been really hurt in this world. If you survived it, you survived it for a reason. If you don't know what that reason is, just like open your eyes or close your eyes or however it works and look inside yourself. Because that person inside is whomever you want it to be and become the most beautiful thing that you are by choosing to be that. And those are the people who I attract. And as a person who attracts so much, I also attract people who aren't interested in my best interest and in their best interest. And that's the thing that's going to happen. And I have to be better at it and be more discerning and more careful. And it's going to happen. And that means that sometimes you're going to get screwed over and you have to decide how to deal with it. Who are you? What are you made of? What do you want in this world? Why, why do you care? Who do you want to be? What do you want to be like? Did you make a mistake two minutes ago? Yes. Well, what about now? Can you change? Like, what do you want to do now? And those are the people I attract. And if those people want more of that in their life, then they're going to have to do more of that for themselves because it's a symbiotic relationship. You have to be able to live in that place where you can accept it and they thrive in it. So I think I've been blessed with having to be in impossible to, to manage situations and also knowing that I had value as a human being that was worth you know, realizing. And how was I going to do it? That wasn't really something I knew. Was I going to do it? Yes. Was I going to accept the consequences as I came for my actions if they weren't okay or if they were, I made a poor choice? Yes. And I'll tell you the last thing I'll say about this. this is, I've made lots of choices in my life that maybe I can look at and say, I wish I did it differently. 
but without every last thing I did, no matter if it was screwed up or not, I wouldn't be who I am today. So that means it's all worth it. For all the people I want to come into my life, whom I attract, you need to have this understanding that that's reality. You can make a mistake. You can make a poor choice. Snap your fingers and choose to do it again better. Those are the people I include. Those are the people I love. Those are the people I cherish. And those are the people I forgive. The most least. <laughs> yeah. Now, it sounds like you've gotten uh, really good at uh, forgiveness, both forgiving yourself and others. Is there anything you can share that will help some of those people who are, are stuck still holding on to tragedies from years, if not decades in their past? Yeah. And, you know, this is a really relevant topic because especially in certain countries where I've been, where, you know, people are brought up a little bit different culturally and how they express their feelings. For example, uh, in Germany, it's really hard. In Germany, it's hard. Mm, yeah, let's talk about Germany. People are often uh, offended to a point. Can you hear me? Uh, people are often offended. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Um, when I talk about forgiving the people who have harmed me to the degree that I have forgiven them, and the reason why I bring up Germany is because I was in Cologne, Germany last fall. I had the opportunity to go there on a day trip because it was close to where I was staying in the Netherlands, so I did it. Made a great friend there. And after the presentation, it was a really well-attended event. People from all over the world, because Germany has people from all over the world living there. And somebody said to me that I was some sort of like, people, people go at me sometimes, because I mean, I, I have to respect them if they need to talk. I was some sort of like new age spiritualist. I was like, I was like because I'm talking about forgiveness. And I was like, well, I'm not saying like, forgive your abuser by it's okay because you have to understand in Germany like I always talk about how I'm Jewish and being in Germany is hard for me because lots of reasons obviously uh, it's not obvious so I always talk about when I'm in Germany Holocaust history and now Germany when I'm talking about Jewish there's a history in that room always of someone's grandparents having done something right and the guilt and everything right and I had a guy tell me yeah, I'm, I'm talking, I'm giving the anecdote here because it's easier to answer it that way. Because it's just well, I, I appreciate it. We, we, we love stories here at What's Your Excuse, so don't worry about yeah. it. Yeah, cool, cool. Um, and, and I was talking about how I forgave my, my, my parents and how I needed to forgive my grandmothers for abusing my parents because when they were living in the United States, and my parents were born in the early 1940s in the East Coast. And their grandmothers were like listening to the, the radio and reading the paper and learning about the Holocaust. And then they like internalized the trauma and they didn't tell their children, their kids about it. They treated their kids with a lack of love. That's kind of the root of like what happened to me. My parents were raised without love during the Holocaust, but they lived in the United States. Their grandmothers, their mothers, my grandmothers never told them because who tells the two year old about the Holocaust if you don't ask to about genocide? So same thing happened, right? In Germany. People's families got destroyed because they had some like grandfather who was in the SS, right? And they right. did horrible things. And um, 
this guy comes out to me after he goes, can I give you a hug? And this is a guy because I was like, yeah, my grandfather like was a murderer. Like he killed Jewish people. And it, 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 he said it destroyed my family for generations. We're still ruined. He said our family's ruined because of what my grandfather did during World War II. And um, we gave each other a hug, right? A hug. Yeah, yeah. And like I said, well, I, I forgave my parents. And I said, I, when I go to Germany, I always talk about, because in Germany, right? From birth, people are, are raised uh, about to, to respect Judaism and to, to, to never again allow, allow fascism to rise. It is a hardcore reality. I mean, I have, there are people there that I, I really like who have very different political views that I do about, like, for, for example, Israel-Palestine issue for one topic. And their views are absolutely different than most of the peoples in the world that I know because of being brought up in an environment that's like, Jewish, 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 we kill these people, we're responsible, we must never let this happen again. I understand why they are the way they are. We just don't talk about that because we have to let it go. Exactly my point. How am I going to go to Germany and be in a place where every time I go there, and sorry to the German people out there, it's just reality it happens to me, that I see like corpses on the street and I have a hard time discerning between is that train conductor like just wearing a normal like German flag, or is it a swastika? Like, I really have a hard time being there. So, when I go there, I tell the people, when I give a presentation, I publicly speak this truth. I say, I forgive every German person who ever harmed a Jewish person, and I forgive my parents because my parents abused me because when they were a child, when they were children, their grandmother watched the, listened to the news, and felt this devaluation of humanity, this degradation that the world watched, right? And so that's why my right. parents abused me. I forgive them. I want you to consider, forgive yourselves for what your grandparents did is not you. What my grandmother did to my mother, what my grandmother did to my father is not me. I can stand here in front of them or sit there in front of them I love you all for your humanity. You came out to listen to this Jewish, because they knew I was Jewish, because I used it as part of the promotion. But you came out to hear me speak about this, and I love you for your humanity for doing so. This is the beauty of forgiveness. I don't know if that answers your question at all, but it's really hard to not kind of tell that story in some way, because it's actually, it's the beauty of why I forgive. Because, um, now I'll just finish up. Forgiveness isn't about that person or that person. It's about you in your heart. I'm not saying it's okay to abuse people. I'm not saying it's okay to violate people and, and kill people and do destructive things. You don't have to forgive that behavior. But when you forgive in your heart, you allow healing to occur. A-T-E will poison you. And L-O-V-E comes from forgiveness. And that is my my very long answer. <laughs> Thank you for letting me do that. Right, right. Well, I, well, I appreciate it. I, I appreciate it. I feel like I just got, I feel like I just got free admission to one of your talks or something. Um, oh, but yeah. the last part there was the most important part is that we don't, that we don't forgive, we don't forgive, for, we don't forgive for the other person. We do it for ourselves, and uh, we show, we show up to ourselves when we forgive the other person. That's to me the most important thing, and. And the story gave it great context. So I'm, I appreciate you sharing that. Um, and no, I, 
Yeah. Uh, you, were, you were asking about methods of, of how to heal, right? How to do this? Yes. There's a thing, yes. uh, there's a Hawaiian prayer, Hawaiian meditation called Ho'oponopo. Are you familiar? I'll no, I've never heard of it before. I'll All send right. you a link. Basically, the premise is, okay, if you want to help heal yourself and there's people in the world in your life that you are detached from or you had conflict with or something happened, you can almost like send them your healing via just this prayer. And I, I, I tend to think it works. So it's something like this. Um, oh, my God, I'm going to screw it up. <laughs> like, hey, okay. it's Hawaiian. If you don't say nothing, nobody will know. It's like, like, I love, okay, I love you, I forgive you, oh my god, I'm missing one, it's something, I'm sorry, it's been a while, I've, this is, you know what I'm gonna do, I gotta do it today, I gotta look it up, because it's been a while, and my brain doesn't always work properly, hey. so I'll, I'm gonna, I'll share that link with you, and then we can get it right, <laughs> but right. it is beautiful, it is, it's called Hoponopo, it's Hawaiian, the country, there's, Place called Hawaii in the ocean. <laughs> all right, well, I, I want to. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, all right. I, I, you know, we've we've been talking for a while. I, I like to keep my shows to, a, yeah. to roughly an hour. I, yes. I just, I want to ask you to talk about something in the future because, um, I know lots of people who lived through the financial crisis of two thousand seven, two thousand eight. Some of those people it freed and allowed them to start. Uh, a new business or uh, to start educating, allowed them to do things they had never felt the freedom to do before. But other people got trapped and still see themselves as victims. And what I'm wanting you to talk about, if you can, and this is a hard question, I'll admit it up front. Hmm. For the people that are living through Corona right now, most of whom feel like they've done everything right in their lives, but now their life is going to hell through no fault of their own. How do you, is there something you can share that would help these people as they continue to survive the crisis, but also something that maybe they can put in their back pocket for when this is over and they can use it to rebuild themselves? This is a, a, a conversation, a conversation that some of my pretty intense, severely affected survivor friends have had. And because we recognize that we know something that a lot of people don't know because when you do everything right, so to speak, and it falls apart, that's, that's madness. And the world is experiencing that right now. And so what you just described is so legitimately real. And what would I offer to those people? It's hard to put into words. It's like a, I, when I say I lost everything I had, and, and people are, I guess, tangible, and, and, and relationships are tangible in some ways. So you lose all your stuff, right? Like all your stuff. Right. What do you got left? What do you got left? You. Like, you have you left. You're still there. And if you think about it like this, can imagine that throughout this whole catastrophe and going back to the history of time every day the sun rise or rises the sun rises the day after the atomic bomb was dropped the sun rose the, the day after the camps were liberated 
the sun rose after uh, 9-11. The sun rose this morning. The sun's rising right now somewhere in the world. What does that mean? Well, it means that around 6 o'clock tonight or 7 o'clock tonight, it's going to set. And then it's going to rise again. What does that mean? It means that the earth is rotating. The earth is spinning like it has at the beginning of our time here. And if the earth is rotating and spinning and the sun's rising every morning and setting at night, that means there's a power. There's a power that exists because the earth is going to spin and the sun is going to rise whether you rise with it. Every morning when you open your eyes, no matter what time you open your eyes, even if you're opening your eyes, waking up at 7 o'clock in the evening, depending on what your life is like, there are hundreds of millions of people at the very same time waking up. They're getting up to go to work or to take care of their kids or to tend the animals or to go to the garden or to go to the office, but that's what they're doing. And you can just get on that surfboard because you're the one who decides. And that is what I really hope that the people of the world will embrace as they learn through this educationally disastrous period of time. That the power that you have within yourself to recreate yourself at any moment, to build anew, that right there is the power that's going to live out of place two years from now. And the people who can really figure out how to do that, and if you listen to my words, what I'm speaking about, the sun, the setting, the energy, the spinning of the earth, the inevitability of it, and it's really, at the end of the day, the bottom line, you're choosing to go along with that, to let it happen, to get on that surfboard or whatever you do, that's within your power. If you harness that, if you believe in it, if you work at it, it will happen. That's the way it works. All right. Well, I appreciate you leaving us with such a powerful final thought. I really appreciate having the time to, to sit down and talk with you again, Craig. Uh, every time I feel like I'm sitting at the feet of a master and, uh, my favorite moment of this interview today is that I actually asked you a question that um, you had to think about, and that's like gold for a podcast host. And so I really appreciate you spending the time with me. And thank you. Thank you, my brother. And uh, yeah, I, it's funny. I didn't say it, but I thought of, and you and I are good like this. We have that, 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 third, eye, that third eye thing going on. I, I know it. It's happened when we talked the other day too. I thought to myself, oh, he, he was thinking about this question, and uh, now I have to think about answering it. Like, he prepared for this. Like, and now I have to think. <laughs> this guy, he's looking right into my forehead. So thank you so much from my heart. No, I'm, I'm going to be honest. I just pulled that out of my ass, man. I, had not, I did not have that question until I sat down here. Um, well, and, and that's a gift. That is a gift from God that I have the ability to uh, – to, uh, to, I guess you'd say, into it uh, questions because I am not as prepared as other podcast hosts, but people well, always say they love the conversation. So between me, 
And, and of course, you being a, a fairly enlightened person as well, I guess it's just natural stuff like that would happen. So I think I'm going to call you what you are, just in this moment, okay. contextually, a smart ass. <laughs> Ooh, there you go. Yeah, that's respect uh, right there. I hope you take that. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to take it, and I'm going to go you <laughs> one better. I'm not even going to argue with you over it. And that's what you – so now, I'm, listen. I'm just going to say gonna thank you, you and accept the image. Here's what you – I remember they say one thing in French, and it, it's going to make complete sense to what you just did. You accepted the, the acknowledgement. One thing in French I can say is this. Je suis merveilleux et beau. And that means I am handsome and wonderful. And the only response <laughs> I've received from French speakers is one of two things. They say – they scratch their chin. They say, hmm, what's modest? Or they say, hmm, I agree. So, yes. Smart ass. Thank you, brother. Well, thank you too, brother. I really appreciate the time and uh, look forward to talking to you again <laughs> at some point. Hopefully, me hopefully meeting you in person or possibly sharing a mic or a stage at some point down the road. I truly believe that's going to happen. So I'm just going to uh, not use the word hope and say, I'll see you soon. I appreciate it. I'll see you soon. Resume Okay. Ladies and gentlemen, we had another great interview was a little unusual. Uh, the technical circumstances were a bit against us, but I felt what he had to share was important enough that I hoped you would uh, kind of muddle through with me. Uh, there were some outside noises, and there were also a few times where the internet connection wasn't great. I'm not sure if that was on his end or mine. Also, uh, due to some problems with his laptop, he was recording on his phone, which is, you know, which is fine, but I can't see it, so for those of you who depend on the video, I'm, I'm guessing there was probably a little probably a little vibration now and then. But the point is, he has a great story. Um, he was, like a lot of, uh, of younger people over the last 20 years, uh, improperly diagnosed and put on uh, prescription drugs to hopefully correct his behavior. Uh, eventually, someone noticed that he probably shouldn't be being treated that way and got him off those drugs. And then he's basically just been living his life, uh, been using, he's definitely using the law of attraction, even if, as he said in the beginning, he really didn't know what the law of attraction was. I find that quite often we do things much better when we don't know what they're called, when we think about the doing rather than the name. So love his examples of the law of attraction, especially while traveling, because as y'all know, I love to travel and I have personally benefited from strangers and internet friends and family I hadn't seen in a long time when I've been traveling. Uh, never as extreme as any of his, but uh, to my friends and family, it's been probably just as scary to the people who know me as, as some of the stuff he's been through. But as he said, it always worked out. He would meet people or he would reach out to people he already knew. Um, and sometimes he lived in kind of sketchy surroundings, but he came through it safe. Um, he kind of reminds me of something my friend Lorraine likes to say. She says, you know, Max, you get into more shit than any other one person I know of, but you always manage to come out of it smelling like a rose. And she says, and you always come out of it with a great story. And I can't wait for Craig's next book because I'm sure there's going to be some great stories in there. I mean, we talked for an hour. I'm noise, I know we just barely touched the surface. But love how he talked about law of attraction. He reminded us that uh, forgiveness is not about the other person. It's about us. It's about freeing our heart from hate, 
and bringing love into our heart. And then the last thing, the most important thing is, as he said, um, life is going to go on. The sun's going to rise. The sun is going to set. The world's going to keep turning. Most of us are going to get up tomorrow morning. And we're going to decide, we're going to decide that, excuse me, that we're going to decide to put the next foot in front of the other, uh, to do what we're capable of doing at the moment, to forgive ourselves when we fall short, and to keep moving forward. And that's really why I sing the river. That's why I haven't changed the song for my podcast in so long, because I can't think of a song that says more eloquently what my goal has been about or what my journey has been about and the journey of other people who come on my show. Uh, you can find me at theblindblogger.net. You can also say, Alexa, uh, play, the, play What's Your Excuse or uh, Google Ask for What's Your Excuse. Uh, hope you will visit my sponsors, okay. Chip and Pam Edwards. Alexa, stop. Chip and Pam Edwards at createmyvoice.com. Uh, you can also find them by telling the girl over there to uh, open Create My Voice or tell Google, hey, Google ask for create my voice and they will help you create a branding strategy that will not only protect your brand and your content but it will be part of growing it into the future as the internet changes and all of us using it change where we go from laptops and desktops and screens to getting most of our information verbally by asking one of these wireless speakers to get it for us so he will help you out with that. He's done it for me, both as the blind blogger and what's your excuse. Uh, couldn't be happier with the work he's done, and I have no problem recommending him to anybody. And really, if you don't claim your, your invocation name, somebody else will, and that will be very tragic for you and your brand. Um, and if you have thought about, hey, I want to get on podcasts. I'd even like to be on your podcast, Max. But I don't really know how to do it. I need somebody to prepare me to be a guest. Well, then you're in luck because you can go to theblindblogger.net slash eight weeks, the number eight, W-E-E-K-S, and I will help you, one, get clear on your story and learn how to tell it more powerfully. Two, lead you through practice question and answer sessions that will be recorded for future reference. Three, interview you on the What's Your Excuse show. Four, book you on four podcasts or radio shows, and five, coach and mentor you before and after each interview so that you get better every time. Um, I will hope you will reach out to me for more information. And if after the eight weeks you want somebody to continue doing the outreach, getting you the bookings, I can definitely do that for you. So theblindblogger.net slash eight weeks, the number eight. Until next time, thank you, and y'all all take care out there. Everybody stay safe, and regardless of what the government says, continue to social distancing. Continue to, to, to think about the other person. Uh, you've heard me say when you refuse to ask, you rob the other person of the joy they would have received from helping you. Well, let's think about the other person in everything we do. And when you wear a mask, that's just you showing love for the other person. And I hope you continue to do it. So ne until next time, thank you and take care out there. I am the blind blogger, Maxwell Ivy, and this has been What's Your Excuse? 
Too many times we stand aside and let the water slip away till what we put off to tomorrow has finally come today. So don't stand upon the shoreline and say you're satisfied. Choose to chance the rapids and dare to dance the tide.